Hey Caramel. Hey Mocha. Hey, hey Coffee, Coffee Mates. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Hello. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hello. This Hello. is episode. This is episode two of. I was about to say the dating series. This is definitely not the dating series of the mental health series. <clears throat> I tried to. Okay. Um. Thought I was in the studio <clears throat> real quick. So in this episode, we are discussing um, common <laughs> common mental health illnesses um, such as bipolar depression, bipolar depression, um, bulimia, suicide, um, anorexia, anorexia um, psychosis, schizophrenia, all that good stuff. Um, and we're gonna discuss its effect on the brown community versus other communities. Um, and how it relates to our childhood trauma and specifically how we handle it as adults versus how children may handle specific mental health disorders. Okay. And of course, we're going to share our traumatic childhoods and tell stories. You guys live for the story, so. Yeah. Yes, we're going to share. We're the poster child for depression. Yes. Sometimes I feel... Like a motherless child, a long way from. (laughs) All right, so um, the first one we're gonna go over. Um, we're gonna. So we were looking up definitions, and she said that we sound like we bipolar depression. We got bipolar Bipolar depression because it said we uh create alternate realities. (laughs) And if, if you guys listen to episode one of the four-part mental health series we were talking about alternate reality guys we're not crazy i promise you there's something wrong with us but we're not like clinically insane like we're cuckoo but we're not like cuckoo for poco pups right (laughs) um so stress is we're gonna like briefly touch on um, stress. So stress, it says, is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Being a black woman in America is You're very demanding and very stressful, period. Because the bodies that other cultures pay for, we already have, but we're demonized for having them. And if we don't have them, then we're not good enough. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Then we get, then we woman. have babies. And then once we have babies, we and have then to. Let's talk about how we're not properly cared for as on childbirth bo- and all that stuff. Like, let's just talk about that. Like, I, and granted, I am not a mother. Granted, I have not given birth I need birth to hear some Negro spirituals. But. <laughs> It's been it's been proven. I can that, definitely talk about my personal experience. You know, we have not been getting the proper care that we should, and it's just like, well, damn, y'all really don't give a fuck about us. Like, black men don't give a fuck about us. White men don't give a fuck about. They definitely don't give a fuck about us. White women ain't rocking with us. They want to be us. So it's like, black women are like low on the totem pole. Like, no one gives a fuck about black women. But you know. That's just my two cents, you know. I don't get paid to think or anything, you know. I'm just yes master, no master, you know. I'm so weak. You gotta stop. <laughs> you know, master, you know, because I was if I was ever gonna be a slave, I was gonna be the slave that got her ass beat, okay, all the time. But you know, we're not gonna well. Make we all money. know where my yellow ass would have been. She would have been a house slave on okay? my back. House slave, popping them babies out. Get popping out little mixed little babies. Um, so. What? 
Okay, so I had looked it up. I can't find it, but I'm just going to say it. So she touched on the way we are handled in hospital care when we are giving birth. I had my son in Georgia. Nobody in that room was black but me and the people that came with me. (laughs) So when I went in there, the first thing I said was, I don't want epidural. And I said specifically not to ask me if I want it. Unless I say that I want it, don't suggest it. The entire time I was there, the white nurses, and I specifically asked for a certain midwife that I did not get. And I should have got a doula. I, I encourage, if you have a baby. What's a doula first before we get there? I don't know what a doula I'm not- <laughs> no, no, no. I was making sure because I know. So a doula is pretty much Listen, like y'all. She looked at me like, bitch. You don't know what a doula is. No, no, no. That's not. How I, that's not how I look. So she a doula. Did. She really did. That, well, no. I'm sorry. That's not me. How she that's how you she, took it. That's how I felt. See, look. At me, okay? Well, I apologize because I don't want you to think that that's how <laughs> she I like. Me like, bitch. Because I know. No, I know not everybody. I, I know because you know I've had a trip. Well, not only that, but. I know that everybody might not know what a doula is. And not everybody has one, but a doula is pretty much... I looked up the definition because I want to, you know, say it instead of, like, my personal one. It's, like, a woman that's, like, typically without... They don't have formal uh, training. Like, they're not an RN or anything. Um, But they're employed to provide guidance and support to a pregnant woman during labor. So, like, a spiritual guider, if that makes sense. Listen. It's not an RN. It's a doula. I want that. Like, okay, so not to cut you off. You know how I do the stories inside inside of a story. (laughs) Two things I want to say real quick. Um, Drea, Drea, what's that? Is Drea Michelle or whatever, whatever her name is. Drea, the little basketball wife. Oh, her, yeah. She posted a picture on Instagram and she talked about how she had a doula and mm-hmm. how she like delivered her baby, quote unquote, herself. Like, yeah. Pro- I want to do that. The doula that. just, the doula pretty much, it's like a nurse, but they're not an RN. And they, mm-hmm. wherever you want to have your baby, if you want to have your baby at the hospital, they come in. It's somebody outside of the Excuse, outside of the nurses and stuff. And this says it without training, but they do have training. They have they have to take courses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much, and you, have, you can sit with them. They're also, a lot of doulas are therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just come in, and whatever your birth plan is, they go by your birth plan. So if you want to have your baby in your house, because I know a lot of people, if they have natural births, they have them at home, like a home birth. A water birth. Yeah, that, that, that was my plan. I had plans to have a water birth. But it didn't go out like that. So I was upset about that too. But they come in and they just coach you. You have the baby. That's it's not I, you laying on I your want. back. Because you're not supposed to lay on your back when you have a baby. You're supposed to squat, actually. You're not supposed to. When you lay on your back, think about if you go take a poop. You don't lay on your back to poop, right? Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to lay on your back. You're actually supposed to squat or stand. Mm-hmm. On, you're supposed to, they, they give you bars in the hospital. That's but if you like, don't ask for them, they're not going to give them to you. That's why, like, in all the old movies when, like, they were, like, um doing births the women were standing and squatting yeah and if a lot of the people that had babies on their back they died because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have you're technically really not supposed to have a baby on your back because even if you go like to egypt they have like the paintings on the wall and it's women giving birth they're standing up because just like gravity if you think about it gravity's holding us down so if the baby's coming down it's got to be like down literally but that's what a doula is i should have got a doula but i didn't have a doula so i went to the hospital i was in labor for two days without medicine and I kept saying I don't want medicine and every time you know I was there so long that well not so long but you know shifts change so different nurses would come in and then one lady came in and she like put her hand on me and she was like are you sure you can do this without medicine when I tell you I looked at her and I was like excuse me she was like you're in pain 
I'm having a baby. It's not going to be a fucking walk in the park. It's not like we're fucking baking a cake. And it's instru- like it's no instructions to having a baby. It's no fucking rubric or God. Like you just, whatever is happening to you, everybody's case is different. But they didn't take care of me. I didn't feel, and then like the people that were there with me, they were, you know, comforting me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my nurses and my doctors, they I did not like them, and it wasn't just because they were white, because that's outside of it. If they were like very welcoming and very like, they weren't going by what I said. I told them I didn't want medicine, and they kept asking me. They pressured me into getting medicine because they were like, basically, they told me that I was not gonna be able to push the baby out without medicine. So I ended up getting epidural, but I had an allergic reaction to the epidural. So I had no, no, it was an allergic reaction. It was just a reaction to it. Some people get. Um, they itch like real bad. Like if you pop a perk and you itch real bad. Some people, I had a fever. My fever was 103 while I was pregnant. That didn't happen until after I got the epidural. And then with the fever, I had like shakes. Like, you know how you, um, hot flashes. I was having hot flashes. Like I was freezing. My body was so cold, but then it got real hot and I was shaking and my, I had a migraine. So it's like my face was on fire, but the rest of my body was cold. And I was shaking. Like, my teeth were chattering. It was so bad. And then once they put it in, it didn't work. When you get an epidural, you're not supposed to feel anything. You're supposed to basically be paralyzed. They came in there to move me. And because they were trying to turn me on my side, I moved myself. And they were like, they stopped like, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, I know. I told them when they first did it, I was like, I can still feel my leg. I couldn't feel this leg, but I could feel this leg, I think. And she I was feel her right leg, guys, but she could feel her left leg. <laughs> Sorry. It was, so I was pinching my leg to be like, yo, am I really feeling this? Because, you know, I never had, of course, I never had a baby before, so I didn't know. But I know that you're supposed to be paralyzed, type of air quotes, quote, unquote. I could feel my legs, and I could feel myself still having birth, giving birth. I, I'm okay with that because that's what I wanted in the first place. But it was the fact that I got the epidural, and it didn't work. After y'all pressured me into doing it, and then I got it, I could, you're not supposed to be able to walk. If I wanted to get up out that bed and walk, I could have walked. It probably would have been, like, not as good as, like, regular walking, but I could have walked. That's not ever supposed to happen. So I got the epidural, and I told them I can still feel my legs. And they, and they, they were like, well, you can just push the button yourself. And I was like, so I can push the button and give myself my own medicine. epidural? Right. I was like... Is that okay? Do y'all let drug addicts do that? Y'all know if a drug addict come in here and they want to get high, that'll get you high. So I was like, oh, no, I don't, I'm okay. I don't want any more. Y'all gave it to me, whatever it is. After I had this baby, I wanted out, period. So I felt everything, and I had to get a stitch. I felt the sti- I felt everything. So oh, God, they didn't Jesus. take care of me. Then she came in there, and she forced me to push. Well, she didn't force me, but because I got... I got real slick with her because she got slick with me. And she was like, well, you have to, because my heart rate started going down or it was either down or up. So it was like, I pretty much had like a close near to death experience giving birth because I couldn't, they had to give me oxygen. So I had oxygen mask on. I still couldn't breathe. I was like hyperventilating, but I it was I was calm. That's why I was like I felt like I thought I was about to die. So I was crying. They were like, "Don't cry." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up." I feel like I'm about to fucking die. Y'all telling me not to cry. I'm fucking. I'm not gonna be able to see my baby. That's how I felt. So I'm I'm not hype. I'm not. You know I'm chilling. I'm actually calm, but my body is not. So that's how I know it was my body's reaction to it shutting down or the stress. So I was like, okay. So she came in there like. 
you, 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 you know, you got to push. And I'm like, I'm not ready to push. She was like, I, I understand it, but you have to push. And I was like, I'm listening to my body and you're not my body. So she got upset and she went to go get another nurse. And I said, I'm going to tell you what I just told her. Y'all going to make me get rude. I'm not ready to push. Y'all not going to make me push. Is my baby okay? If my baby's okay, I'm not pushing because I'm not ready to. You don't listen to other people. That's another thing. Doulas don't. If you ask a doula something, they'll be like, listen to your body. Is your body ready? If you be like, am I ready to push? She going to be like, is your body ready to push? So they were like, you know, you got to push. And I'm like, well, how y'all know I'm ready to push? So I was like, I'm not ready to push. I'm not pushing. So they made me lay down. And I was like, I'm not having my baby laying down. It was just, it, it was just a fucking laugh. From the time I got to the hospital to the time I left, when I was there, they did not care for me the way I felt like I could have been cared for. I feel like if I was white or, you know, a different race, it wouldn't have went down like that. It would have been, I don't want Epidore, and I would have never got it. Because the reason why I got it was because they kept saying, you want to get it? Like, I literally, every hour, you can't ask anybody in the room with me. You, 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 like, I remember a new nurse coming in and was like, okay, so you're the girl that's doing it without the medicine. And I'm like, my name not girl. Don't, don't ever be white and come in here and call me girl. And I was like, my name up there on that board, just like your name up there. Well, I'm just saying, are you sure? I'm positive, sis. I don't want no medicine. So if I ever have another child going, moving forward, I'm not going to the hospital. People can say what they want. I'm not going to the hospital. Because I could have had my son at home in the tub and been around people that love me instead of fucking doctors that they see this every day. So it's, it's normal to them. It's nothing to them. They're they not looking at it as you their family. They're looking at it as, so this is another woman. She's going to have this baby boom, pop it out, and then you're going to go to the maternity floor. Because you have your baby on a different floor. So you, boom, pop it out, and then we're going to take you, roll you up. And I'm just like. But that's the part I want to say. Why do you have to have the baby on a different floor? Because think about if if somebody's screaming and somebody else just had a baby and you trying to rest and sleep and there's a bitch next door screaming. Because, you know, some everybody don't get medicine. But then also, it's, since on that floor, it's like different equipment and different beds on that floor because you it's a different bed that you have your baby on you know well i don't have a baby story because i don't have a baby so (laughs) sorry guys i'm so weak um and then this is how he was looking at my phone earlier because i was texting he was like (laughs) get on my fucking phone um oh i want a baby anybody want to put a baby in me wow What's, what's, what's our options? We got bipolar. We got depression. Yeah, I pulled up. I feel like we. I'm asking, what what's the pill option? What pill can we pop? I'm fucking weak. Yeah, so bipolar. Depression. Um, um, I'm not really like I, I I know bipolar, but I'm not like clinically informed or well versed on bipolar. Like I I know some symptoms of bipolar, but I don't think that I could I could speak from experience about bipolar. I could probably speak from experience about like schizophrenia, suicide, depression, but the other stuff I, don't, I haven't witnessed or been around or, um, well, no. Well, based you know. on these definitions, I know a lot of motherfuckers that's bipolar. Oh, I'm lying. I do know somebody that's bipolar. He cool as shit, though. I love him to death. I mean, he hasn't been clinically diagnosed as bipolar, but everybody in the family noticed hey, something ain't right with him. And it, it's my cousin. He I'm cool saying. as shit. I love him to death, yo. That, he, he cool as shit. Like, I, I really, I fucks with my cousin, for real. That's like my father, for real. You know, he helped raise me. But he, yeah, something's wrong with him. Like, you sure it's bipolar though? Yeah, oh, I'm I'm, I'm positive it's, he's bipolar. Like one minute, like when they talk about manic episodes and shit. Okay. All right, that means I do got a story for this one. This one, 
Oh my God. I will never forget. I will never forget. We were, um, we, we drove up to um, Six Flakes, New Jersey, whatever. Something new. It was our family trip or whatever, right? And he's he's known for going off like out of nowhere he's just known for going off or whatever so a day doesn't go by where he doesn't go off like oh no i'm not gonna say that he does a day doesn't go by but like an event doesn't go by where he doesn't go off like Mm -hmm. no holiday goes by without him like zapping out so we went to six flags new jersey we drove up there in a family van the little van we got a a a 15 passenger van to go up there whatever blah 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 we get there, we get to the water park, and there you can, like, enter and exit the park as many mm-hmm. times as you want or whatever. So we had, they were being cheap, and they, like, packed it. Well, they weren't. Let me not say being cheap. They were being smart. They packed their food or whatever, but I knew I was going to eat in the water park or whatever. So we could go in and out, mm-hmm. you know. So they going, everybody going back and forth because they, like, they hungry, and then we was driving over up there, and, you know, being in a cramped space and leaving early, and then just being with different age groups of people mm-hmm. was just a lot going on. So if anybody could be stressed, then it'd just be a lot. But for this nigga, it was like on 20. It was on like a thousand for real. So, um, so we got to catch the shuttle bus to the water park because that's how big their park is. They got like a safari, they got the amusement park, and then they got a water park. All mm-hmm. that is separate. So we leave the, we leave the safari and then I don't do roller coasters at all. So I knew that if anything came to like roller coaster rides, I would be the one who would watch the children or whatever. Like I, I was the babysitter. Like I don't do roller coasters. So I was like, well, I'd rather go to the water park. And he, the my cousin I'm talking about, he was like, he want to go to the water parks. But you got to wait for the shuttle the at the um, thing to come to, you know, do the water park or whatever. So he's, um, the shuttle comes. We're waiting in line. We've been waiting in line for like 15 minutes. It's hot as hell outside. Everybody irritable. He's already irritated because he's dealing with family. You know what I'm saying? So um, this Hispanic couple brushed past him. Like, a slightly tap on the shoulder and jumped in front of him or whatever, right? My cousin is racist, okay? <laughs> so, so, then he, so, he look, and he's looking for the white driver to say something before he goes off. So, I see it. Like, we all see it in his eyes, like, a switch clicked. Oh, shit. And we was like, oh, fuck. The, mind you, the only person that's not scared of him is his wife. Like, his wife is, like, 4'11", if that. And this nigga is, like, 6'2". So... Yeah, imagine that, okay? So she's like, so he, we saw the switch click. So me, I'm, I was like, I don't want to be a part of it. So I just back up and my ass is like slowly like making it my way back to like the van that we came in. I'm like, fuck it, I don't need to go to the water park. Like, I don't need to go that bad. And he goes off. He said, your bitch ass not going to say nothing to them. They fucking brushed past me. They some bitches, you's a whore. Yo, come outside. <laughs> fight me, whore. But mind you, 10 minutes before that, he was having a good day. Like, he was laughing with the kids and everything. And he just snapped. Like, it was just like an instant snap. And he was like, he was going off. And the Mexicans or Hispanics or whatever, Latinos or whatever, they did not understand. They didn't speak English, so they don't understand why this man is screaming at them. And then he, so he's getting frustrated because they don't understand it. He's just going, fuck you. Come here. You know, he was like, I bet you this this man was white. I said you wouldn't walk past me. I said he just kept saying racial slurs. And I'm like, yo, calm down, calm down. He was like, man, fuck that, fuck that. So then finally the little white conductor or whatever got them off the bus and my cousin was sitting down and then like soon as he got his way he was just like yeah so y'all ready to get in this water park we about to have fun and everybody just looking at him like the fuck is wrong with this man like the fuck is wrong with him and he it's like that for every event like he was going at it when we was talking about um we have a family member in our um we have a member in our family who supports trump 
And when my cousin found that out, he went the fuck off. He wanted to fight his own cousin. He like, come outside, man. I beat the shit out your dumb ass. Da, da, da. Like, go off. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, something ain't right with you. And then he'd go in his, like, episodes where he real, real depressed. And you just look at him. He like, man, I don't care about nobody. Fuck everybody. Fuck this shit. I don't care. I'm about to just go smoke some weed and go, I don't care. Don't nobody care about me. And I, I know, I know that's that, that bipolar in him. And we just look at him like. One day you gonna go get some help for yourself. <laughs> One day, but we you can't force him because he's a grown ass man. This man almost forty some years old, so it's like you love you gotta love your family member for who they are. Mm-hmm, girl, so. you sound like somebody I gotta love from a distance. You sound crazy. <laughs> he, but the crazy thing is, no matter if he's depressed or if he's happy, he's funny as shit and he's fun. Like he has a good heart and he's so sweet and caring. He just he just had a fucked up childhood and then his his depression disorder i mean that bipolar disorder wasn't clinically um what's the word i'm looking for clinically diagnosed it wasn't clinically Mm. diagnosed diagnosed and his mother was a teen mom who didn't know who was too busy worried about boys or whatever to really like look after her child and like see the things that was going on so it's just like he, he, he fucked up. Yeah, that's a lot of us. I feel I feel like also, because I know somebody, when we did the poll, somebody also mentioned how people say they have things or think it's cute to say they have things and they really don't. I'm not saying that, you know, about your cousin. I'm just saying, like, um, a lot of the times we mistake having disorders for... Attention. For a, attention or, like, because, of course, post-traumatic stress disorder is a disorder. Mm-hmm. However that will cause triggers like that too. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. No, and then people also think that only war veterans or people who've been in to Iraq or, or Vietnam or in the Army have PTSD. No, we have PTSD growing up in Baltimore. We hear gunshots just like they hear gunshots in the Army. We see people getting murdered every day with our bare eyes just like somebody in the Army we people are murdering people like we have a lot of people that grow up in inner cities have ptsd but because they don't think that we can have ptsd a lot of people don't they skip over that diagnosis nobody ever gets that diagnosis ptsd and then like i said a lot of people don't feel like that we can have ptsd without being in the service but growing up when we grow up we have a lot of us have not everybody, but some people had they have PTSD, so that can cause triggers too. Especially it was an episode. No, I used to do door to door sales in Georgia, and I knocked on this guy's door, and he came to the door, and I think he was either missing limbs or like he had burns over his body. I can't remember. It was either one of them. Because I've seen some crazy stuff when people answered the door that I've really never, like, came across. And he looked at me. And I smiled. And he just looked at me. <laughs> and at that point in time, I just felt like I had fucked up and knocked on the wrong door. Because I was like, hi. You know, all bubbly and smiling. And he's like. What the fuck you want? So I'm like, okay. So I just let him know why I was there. And he was like. I apologize if I, like, just randomly, like, out of nowhere, I apologize. I have PTSD, and you scared me when you knocked on the door. So he was like, I have my shotgun behind the door because I didn't know who you were. So this man has a shotgun behind his door, and all I did was knock on his door trying to sell him something or something, and he 
was afraid because Knox scared him. That just breaks my heart. Like all jokes aside, like- and he and he was like, "If you were a man knocking on my door, I would have shot you. But because you were a woman, I opened the door for you to see what you had to say." And I was taken aback, like, "Okay." I didn't even want to sell him shit no oh, more. Like, okay, sorry for knocking your door. Didn't want to bother you. Listen, okay, I, when I bet when I when I walked away, I backed up because <laughs> I, I had to see I had to see him. I'm like, sir, I, you know, because he told me he was like, I have PTSD, and I don't want you to think I'm you know crazy. I'm like, I don't think you're crazy. I understand you have PTSD. Just no, you can't just go around shooting people because they knock on your door, you know. Because he's like, I'm not expecting nobody. I don't know who you is. I'm gonna. So that's just. Something very extreme that happens when people have PTSD. That's the just, and it's sad. It was a black man. It's very sad because a lot of people go through things like that more than we think. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't address these things. Like we will mistake bipolar, bipolar depression, depression, anxiety, all these things. All of these things ball up into PTSD. But a lot of the times we don't have what we say, what we think, or even. Sometimes doctors do misdiagnosis as as well and say, oh, well, you have this because they want to give you medicine so they can get your money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people growing up in inner cities that come across like dangerous, violent acts and all that, they have PTSD. Mm -hmm. So tell him go to the doctor and see if he got PTSD. He, he most likely got PTSD and bipolar. I'm, I'm all jokes aside, and I love my cousin dearly. Like, it's a, it's a few shit our family members got that is, hasn't been addressed. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not someone who can say, you know, you're fucked up. Because who am I? You know, I grew up in the same family. So, you mm-hmm. know, birds of a feather flock together. I'm so weak. Um, But the definition it says for regular bipolar, not bipolar depression, it says... <laughs> It says in in parentheses of psychiatric illness characterized by both manic and oh no this is the one you read right I don't know manic and depressive episodes or manic ones only suffering from suffering from bipolar disorder um then it says I just want to um say something while we're thinking about it I want to thank the two guys who commented on our poll um that really surprised me. I didn't expect men because, you know, men don't talk about this stuff. You know? mm-hmm. They don't, they're not aware of the issues they have. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that they. No, I think they're aware. They just, they, they don't care. They, 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 they know. They don't know how to seek help. Black men. And this is one thing I do agree with. Black men, the way black men are raised, they're raised. If Just think about, I think about this all the time because I have a little boy. When little boys fall, get up. Ain't nothing wrong with you. When a little girl falls, oh my gosh. Get her. She got a hole in her stocking. Get her up. We don't want her to get dirty. And they dust their baby girls off, you know. That's something that's carried down, though. Mm-hmm. The black man is always seen as this strong figure, and it has to, you have, you, if you cry, you and, a bitch. And that's so funny because because they're seen as a strong figure, we actually have to be the strong figure. If, if, if Just follow my train of thought. Just follow it. Just go with me, okay? <laughs> like, because they're taught to be strong and everything, like, and we're taught to, like, everyone has to cater to our needs, but then... If the black man is not addressing his illnesses and mm-hmm. his problems, he can't help us. So mm-hmm. then we're forced to be what they were supposed to be. If that you get what I'm saying? Like we're forced to like okay, so let's say, um oh. you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. 
I had to think about it. I'm sorry. Because when you said what they were supposed to be, I was like, huh? But then I, I, you, you, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get your so train like, of thought. I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. So what I'm, I'm trying to say is like. They're supposed to take care of the family. But because they have issues that they don't deal with, it, it, it makes them either run away from their problems or not address their issues how they're supposed to. So then we end up having to pick up the slack. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that's basically what I'm trying to say. So like we're supposed to be this damsel in distress and fragile little girl and women or whatever. And the men are supposed to be strong. Ah, man, whatever. <laughs> ah, and, man. And, but the women are forced to do this because the men aren't addressing their traumas. Men aren't seeking the help that they need to address the mental is- issues and the traumas and and the PTSD and the bipolar and all that. So the women, is, the weight is becoming on the women. And then we saying? have our own mental disorders right, like, that we ain't addressing. A lot of the times we have mental disorders or we have so much stress that we're trying to run from it and we don't, we ignore it. We don't right. address it because it's so, our life, my life is hectic, for example. I have so much stuff that I'm doing and going through. It's it, for me to actually have time to sit down and actually see a therapist was by not by force but like I had to sit and say I have to fucking do this I have to self-care is not it's not a joke and it's like a lot of the times we do not take care of ourselves we see problems we see issues and they get so out of your cousin said this when she even though it was about dating outside the race she said you don't know it's heavy until it's already heavy you don't know that real shit you you don't know like that fucking song bag lady bag lady you don't (laughs) you don't know you don't know that you got all these bags like you go to the grocery store you like all right i'm gonna get this this, and i could put all this in this bag but then there's more bags than you think Mm -hmm. and then now you got to carry all the bags to the door and you don't have help and even if you do have help it ain't good help. It's, it's, it may, they, they gonna drop the bags. It's one of the bags got a hole in it. You have to carry, we carry these burdens from relationship to relationship and from family member to family member, mm-hmm. generational things. We carry these things and we harbor these feelings and we harbor these emotions and we pass them on to our children and we pass them on to our friends and we build these relationships off of nothing, off of no foundation. And a lot of the, everything... And I'm not even going to say a lot. Everything that we go through is passed to us. Everything that we go through is learned behavior. Is learned. Certain, like, personal situations, of course, That's but how you deal with it is a learned behavior. Yeah, that, that's very true. That's very, very true. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know we live in the hood. Yeah, you got to. I'm going to learn. Shit. Yeah, so we, we, a lot of the times... For example, my fighting that phase that I had went through, I fit, I fought like I fought because I felt like I had to fight because I see my mother fight. So I feel like, well, my mom will fight all the time, and she gotta fight because bitches coming at her throat. So I gotta fight too, and it wasn't even, it didn't even have to be like that. Nobody, and we are not taught. Like it's accidentally passed to us, and sometimes purposely passed to us. But then we're after it's passed to us, nobody even sits down and teaches us. We aren't taught how to feel. 
nobody ever taught me how to express myself so I had to learn how to express yes. myself so a lot of the times I feel like oh I got this I got that I'm bipolar I'm crazy but it's just because I don't know how to channel my emotions and my energy I don't know how to nobody ever taught me nobody ever showed me nobody showed me how to be a woman and how to love mm-hmm. so when I get into situations and I'm angry when my mom was angry at me she didn't talk to me and she yelled at me when I'm angry to other people, I don't talk so, to them exactly. and I yell at them. Exactly. It's just because of what was done to me is why I do it to other people. Yes. And it's, it doesn't make it okay, but I'm learning that because I wasn't taught it. Now I, it's like, that's why they tell you, you do not know who you are when you're in your 20s. You really don't until you're older because I'm still figuring, I, at 26, I'm still figuring myself out. I'm still Now I'm going to therapy. I'm trying to be a better woman. I'm not passing on shit to my son. I'm taught... When, I, I think we talked about I talked about this last time I had accidentally hit my son and I apologized to him and he's 11 months old but after I apologized to him and I rubbed his head he came over and he hugged me Ned was like damn did he really understand you know what I said because I don't remember my mom genuinely apologizing to me and saying you know I was wrong for that I shouldn't have done that but I'm apologizing a lot of parents don't yeah. because they weren't apologized to yeah. <laughs> I feel like in my for my household, I felt like I wasn't taught how to be vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people look at their word as like being weak or whatever. But yes, but it's that's walking away from situations because you you got to pick and choose your battles. We weren't taught how to yeah, pick and we choose our battles. To, everything was a battle and everything we fought right. and we didn't have. And to. like I was saying to my friends um, when we were discussing some things, um, I, my grandmother didn't tell me. I wasn't told I love you. Like the first person I told I love you was. You and me as guy, my very first boyfriend mm-hmm. that I was with for eight years. And um it, it was just it's crazy because I never told that to besides children, besides like my little cousin stuff, I would say that to them all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think I was saying it more so because not because I'm not saying I didn't love them, because I love them little brats, them whoo, them children dearly. Mm-hmm. They are they are my children. They they are definitely my children. But I think so I was more so saying it out of habit because I was seeing everybody else telling mm-hmm. the little kids that they love them. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like something I felt or I wanted to express. It was just a we habit. Don't, like, we don't, you know we don't know how to love. So um, so then when I got in a relationship and I started to feel what love was and mm-hmm. I was able to express it, I was the first person to tell my grandmother I love you. Mind you, I've been on this earth 25 years. Mm-hmm. She's been on this earth 85 she never told me she loved me. And when, when we first said it, it was so awkward. It was <laughs> it was really awkward. I was like, I love you, Grandma. She just looked at me. And I looked at her and I looked at myself like, why the hell would I say that? Mm-hmm. And then the more and more we start saying it now, like, I love you now. Now I don't even get off the phone unless she say I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, all right, Grandma, I love you. And she'd be like, all right, bye. I'd be like, I said I love you. She'd be like, all right, I love you too. Bye. But before, I'd be like, all right, bye, click. All right, bye, click. All right, bye, click. Like, it was no I love you going throughout the house. And mm-hmm. the cousin I was just telling you about the crazy one. I'm sorry, let me not use crazy. People don't like the crazy one. But the one who got little issues, like, we say it a lot. Mm-hmm. And before, we never said it. Like, he used to have an issue with me calling him my father. Like, I, he would feel a certain way. Like, I knew it was pride. Not pride, but he was proud to, like, hear me say mm-hmm. he was my father. But it was just, he didn't know how to express his emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, because he, he, I used to live with him, him and his wife for a while. And they, they took care of me, and they, you know, they looked out for me a lot. And, like, now he's getting to be in a place where, like, he expresses he expressed his emotions a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just out recently, and, um, well, he's my friend on um, 
Instagram. So he's always saying my Insta stories and saying how I'm going out and I'm drinking and all this other stuff. And he texted me. He was like, yo, be safe. I love you. These niggas out here crazy. Don't mm-hmm. wild out on nobody. And he would never say that to me. Mm-hmm. He would never say he loved me or anything like that. So I was like, wow. like The changes you make, yeah. other people see those changes. Yeah. So that's why and it's like you don't got to say anything. Just do it. Yeah, so it's just that just warmed my heart. And then, like, he was talking to somebody on the phone. Such and such, can you do something for me? And the person on the phone was like, who's that? And he was like, that's just my oldest daughter. And I looked like <laughs> his oldest daughter. He was like, yeah, that's his oldest, my oldest daughter, Raven. And the dude was like, well, I didn't know you had it. He was like, yeah, that's, he was like, my, that's my cousin, but she like a daughter to me. And it just made me smile. I was just like, finally, finally, he's like <laughs> softening up and showing love yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, it's so crazy as shit, though. <laughs> 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 so this just, this just shows you how a lot of the things we do, we don't even realize that we do it. Like, I don't, I think we said I love you. I don't know. I think. Uh, but that's crazy. I mean, no. I don't want to say that's crazy because I, I, we, we have, like, during this podcast, I realized we grew up with a lot of similarities in, like, family households and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, like, my other friends that I have, like, um, I'm actually thankful for the experience that I went mm-hmm. through in life because Me I too. look at some of my friends and I'm like, they're so sheltered. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. Like, one of my friends recently lost, um, um, her mom mm-hmm. and she fell apart mm-hmm. she don't know how to like go on not mm-hmm. not go on but she doesn't know how to do like the basic thing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying to survive yeah to survive and i'm like you know god forbid if something was to happen to my grandmother and I, I still I got good it. like i'm good that's like, another I thing is we're so we're so used uh, i mean i'm not saying we shouldn't be used to death but like i'm used to death i remember my my father was murdered first and then when he when he was murdered because i had lost a whole bunch of friends before that and that was in the 10th grade and i had already lost people to gun violence and getting stabbed up so i think that's not to cut you off i think that's where i'm i'm sheltered at like where as far as like gun violence and like mm-hmm. I, i've seen it and mm-hmm. i've you know i live in a hood and i've always lived in a hood i've seen it and i've heard mm-hmm. friends talk about things mm-hmm. friends, but, but like I've never you've never personally, exp- yeah you know so i'm like sheltered on that expectation. i've like, experienced it i've experienced like i've watched my grandfather be robbed with a shotgun like a not a um regular gun like who the fuck first of all who the fuck robbed somebody with a fucking shotgun like you don't rob they didn't have no pistol these niggas had a shotgun whatever i've watched him get robbed so, like, when my father was murdered, I didn't cry for a year. No, I'm lying. I cried at his, I didn't cry. I cried at his funeral. Because my father wasn't, he wasn't buried. He was cremated. So, I have some, all he, I have um, little younger sisters, and his ashes were split between us. But I didn't cry after his funeral, funeral for a year or two. Because I was numb. Mm-hmm. And then I went to college. And the year I went to college, that that spring semester during finals week, my my cousin that's the same age as me, we have the his birthday is March tenth, mine's is March twenty. Like we grew up together in the same house at Park Heights. He was shot in the head and murdered. And where both of my 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 cousin and my father, where they were murdered at, is up Park Heights. And I drive if I go up the Park Heights area, I drive past where they were murdered at. So I can't even go. I can't even drive in the city without, that's another reason why I left. I can't even drive in the city without like 
driving past places where somebody was murdered that I love. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that shit is traumatizing. I remember the night that my father was murdered, we went to where he was murdered and his blood was still in the grass and on the sidewalk. So I have clothes of his with his blood on it. Well, no, they're my clothes. But, and I'm... I'm the oldest daughter. So like, I think that's another reason why I didn't cry because I have younger sisters. So like, I just remember being up there and seeing his blood everywhere. So like, that shit is traumatizing. That shit, that's how, that's the type of shit that breaks families fucking apart because we don't, and then we don't talk about how we feel. We never ever sat down to this day, my middle, no, yeah, my middle sister, we never actually sat down and talked. And because I know she's still hurting because she says certain things that lets me know she's hurting. But we so fucking hard up and we so fucking tough. We were like, yo, that's my, I'm, I'm, I'm Gildor. I don't give a fuck about it. Like, we just go through life and we just, after he was murdered, I just think that's when my trust for men stopped because he protected me mm-hmm. from a lot of shit in life. He protected me. I remember. I had gotten to it with a, a guy, and I, he chased this guy through the city <laughs> with a gun because he was going to kill this boy over me. And then when he died, I just was like, yo, I don't have nobody to protect me from these niggas. And I, I grew so much fear that that's another reason why I was like, I'm leaving the city. Like, I'm leaving because my father is gone, my cousin is gone, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid for my grandfather even so because my grandfather is loopy himself. He don't give a fuck. If he want to argue with you, he'll argue with you. He's just kind of like me. So it's like every day I fear that he's going to go outside and one of these niggas, one of these bullets is going to take his life. That's that's living in, like, to live here is to live in fear. That is what PTSD is. You just don't even know. Everything is like you jumping. Okay, what's that? What's that? Is that a gunshot? And, and, and I'm, I'm, thank you for saying that. Thank you because... I get on my grandmother all the time. Like, how I was saying, I'm very sheltered as far as, like, that aspect mm-hmm. of things. Um, she, before she moved in with me, she used to have a chair up against her door so nobody could come in. Like, mm-hmm. she would leave all the lights on in the house. Like, she mm-hmm. had to, you know. And I used to get on her, like, Grandma, why are you scared to live in your own house? Because. She's like, people are out here crazy. And she's and a woman. They yeah, get to be and a just, targeted. And it's just, I don't know, to me, it's different. Like, I don't. Like, I guess because, like, I just go in this other lane and I'm like, oh, I'm invincible. Not, 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 no, yeah. that's not a lot. That's a lot because I know I'm not invincible. Yeah. I know that things can happen to me. But you but, you have a positive mind. You don't think. You're yeah. not walking down the street. You're not yeah, thinking, thinking, I need to do this. I need to do that. Because yeah. I, like, I, I remember my grandfather telling me growing up how he used to sleep on his back porch with his doors wide open. He was like, and he sat and he's not set, but he talked to me. He was like, Times have changed. I remember I could sit on my back porch with the door wide open and nobody would rob me. Nobody would come and kill me or shoot me for my shit. And we lived freely. Now, I got to lock every door in here. I got to make sure my door's locked twice. I got to make sure my window's locked. Shit, shit go bump in the night in my house, I automatically jump up and go looking. Like, what the fuck was that? I'm so afraid of raising a black boy in Baltimore. I'm a trauma. I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I listen. I remember um, something that did scare me. Um, this one. This was when the not when because it's still going on, but that has been brought to the media that the cops were killing our black men. You know, mm-hmm. we we knew in the hood that it has always been going on, but yeah. it hasn't been like brought to the forefront until as of lately. 
So I remember what, reading a story, either reading a story or looking at a story on Instagram, not Instagram, Facebook, and it was talking about um, a, a black male who had autism. Mm-hmm. And if anyone who knows what autism is, you know how this, how terrified this person must felt. He got pulled over. He was walking from, I think, from his house, mm-hmm. you know, from a friend house to his house, and it's in the same block or whatever. And the police pulled him over, and he didn't understand what was going on mm-hmm. because he has autism. So he was um, combative, as if they would say, you know, and and rightfully so because he doesn't know what's going mm-hmm. on. Like he is when someone has autism, depending on how they the call level on the, of spec- it. the spectrum level, yeah, or they can't really express. Yeah, they themselves. can't express what's going on. So he was. He, he was scared. He has a strict schedule to go here at this time, to do mm-hmm. this at this time. Like, that's, that, that's what this dude like. And um, the police pulled him over. He also had a um, a colosophy. Is it a colosophy or colosophy bag? The, oh, the bag? The colosophy bag. The colosophy yeah. bag, yeah. So he, <laughs> the had, <laughs> so he had one of them as well. And um, he the guy is upset. He's really upset. The the autism the the child with autism is really upset or whatever. And he's trying to like get away from the police. He doesn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the police feels his colosophy. Colosophy. <laughs> what is it called? Colosophy? Girl, I can't say either. The bag that you the character the bag that you wear when you have to pee. The pee bag. The pee. Yeah, that bag. <laughs> So he had that. He the cop felt that, and he pulled out his gun, and it made the autism child, the artistic child, even more afraid mm-hmm. and frightened. And the grandmother came running outside and was like, "Wait, he has autism. He has autism. He doesn't understand. Please don't don't hurt him. Don't mm-hmm. hurt him." And now the cop has him roughed up on the ground, and the dude is still like, you know, wrestling mm-hmm. with him. And I thought of my brother mm-hmm. because my brother has Down syndrome. He's nonverbal, meaning he can't speak, he can't like communicate for himself or anything. He has to, you know, communicate doing sign language and different things of that nature. Um, so, and I just think about how he is when he gets upset and how he just goes off. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, ooh, excuse me, how he just goes off. And I'm just like, if, like, when he sits outside or whatever, we'll walk him up and down the street. And if he sees a dog or a cat, any type of animal, he gets very. He's scared because he doesn't know what it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he gets he gets up there and he starts yelling and screaming and he making all this noise. And I just think about how I live in a hood. And then like some of his um his uh, nannies or RNs or whatever you want to call them, they live in the county. He had one white lady who lives in the county. She used to always like to take her him for a drive out there. And I'm like, please just like keep an eye on him, mm-hmm. like, watch him because they're gonna see this big black dude and he's upset and they're gonna hear see you looking scared mm-hmm. and you know first thing they're gonna say is he's trying to rob you or he's, he's trying to hurt her yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying so that that scared me and that i was just like people need to be more properly trained when it comes to people who have like autism down syndrome or anything like that so that that's what i thought about when um the and I can only movie. imagine having autism or dancing. It's, it's probably very, it, not even probably, it's very stressful because they cannot communicate the way that we can. And they don't, they, they I feel like they're still very intelligent. A lot they of them, very a lot of them know that they can't communicate mm-hmm. the way that we can. And they know that there's a difference. And it's just like not being able to is very scary because if, God forbid I get pulled over or something happens to me and I can't communicate. Mm-hmm. 
even when people can communicate, shit still happens to yeah. them. So it's like that's having those type of disorders. It's probably really fucked up because it's like, damn, I didn't even do nothing. I can't even tell you that I didn't do nothing. Right. Like nigga, but yeah. Yeah, and it was really sad because then like they showed the pictures of the dude who had autism that got pulled over. I mean, not pulled over. Who the guy had like the police officer stopped, stopped him, yeah. him or whatever. His right side, his face was swollen. Mm. He had a cracked rib. Like it's just, and he's like, why did you pull him over? Like the whole time, you never find out why he pulled him over. Mm. Like what did you pull him over for? He was two doors away from his house. And then I think about like. Thank God that the officer didn't pull the gun out on the mm-hmm. mom because she came running out trying to explain, mm-hmm. and he already had his gun out. Who's to say he would have shot shot, shot her both of them? Yeah. Like, oh, she came, she was coming after yeah. me. Like, I really feel like you have to have somebody who grew up in the hood to be a police officer in the hood because they know what the triggers are. They know they know the street code. Like, I, I um. That's, this Bo- shit is stressful because yes. they are not trained. All these officers that are officers in this fucking city, they don't, they not from the fucking city. At all. all these Italian ass, Polish ass fucking officers, these Spanish ass officers, they ain't never lived in a city a day in their fucking lives. And they going around and they terrorizing while they not doing their jobs. This this shit is really stressful. I, and I understand why people fucking have PTSD from just living in areas like this. Think about how it's fucking in and in, 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 Middle Eastern countries, when it's wars and shit, that shit is scary and it's stressful. It's very stressful. And I think about, like, so not think about, but I remember one time, I think this is when I had an epiphany. Um, I have to drive past Pennsylvania Avenue. If you know, if you're from Baltimore, you know Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. And I just so happen to be to stop at a red light and I see two white cops, two young white cops. They had to be younger than me. They had to be like 21, 22. They're sitting out front of a store on Pennsylvania Avenue by the um, subway station, and they have their hand hosted on a gun. And I'm just like, why? This is this is normal Pennsylvania Avenue. This mm-hmm. is normal, you know, way or whatever. Like, you got the crackheads nodding off on the corner. You got the dope boys going back and forth yelling about the dime bag. They got loud. They got this. <laughs> you got the little fast-ass girls smiling in the dope boys' face. You got the little hookers, and you got, you know, you got you got different audible. elements that we use yeah, to. Yeah, the, the, and they're just sitting there scared. You can see. They don't need to the have guns. And they don't need face. to. Face. They just had, what are you scared had, for? This is regular shit. Right. Nobody right. even worried I, about you, dummy. Right. I felt comfortable, like, enough. You know how, like, um they got the memes and stuff going around where they be like, oh, it's a group of dudes and the girls got to, like, walk fast and stuff. I felt comfortable. I'm like, this is my to, element. Right. To get out the car and go into that store and not worry about that nigga saying nothing. And if a nigga said something, it's because like, he's trying to holler. You know, and I'll be like, nigga, get the fuck out my face. You know, this, this, that's normal for me. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, guys, so this episode is um, a two-part series within the series. Um, so we're going to continue to talk about depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, and all that in the next episode. So thank you guys for listening. This is DJ Nasty Meek and Ravy Rave, and together we make the, the Flavor, Flavor Coffee, Coffee Podcast. Podcast. Bye, Coffee Mates. Bye, Coffee Mates. <laughs>